Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano. Peter Sampson is up next with The Pulse from 6 to 7 on 750 The Game. I assume you care about the accuracy of your news. I assume you care about getting sourced in-depth information I'm not, I'm not lowering my standards here. Our next guest, Ricky Williams. He's been on this show before. Heisman Trophy winner. Played 11 seasons in the NFL. This guy uh, was uh, just legendary as a college player, as an NFL pro bowler, led the NFL in rushing. He is uh, going to be in the state of Oregon in the next couple of days. Why is Ricky Williams going to be in the state of Oregon? Well, he's here to talk about it. Ricky Williams joining us now. How are you, man? Welcome back. We had you on the show once before, I believe. Yeah, I feel like I'm becoming a friend of the show now. There you go. Ricky Williams, friend of the show. Uh, so you're, what are you doing in Oregon? Thursday, Friday, you're going to be here over a couple of days. Uh, tell us what's, uh, what's yeah. happening. Yeah, so it's, it's, a monthly, it's a monthly visit, you know, and, and I'm really starting to feel like Oregon is a second home. So I, I launched, about a year ago, I launched a, a cannabis lifestyle brand called Heisman. Uh, in California and Oregon. And so I've been coming up every month, really supporting the, the brand and, and building community. And what the wonderful thing about Oregon, and I, I found this out a couple of weeks ago, is that I think it's over 80% of the adults in in the state of Oregon consume cannabis. You got so, yeah, so it. It's, 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 a, it's a perfect community for me. You know, my mom always said, go where you're <laughs> celebrated, not where you're tolerated. <laughs> That's right. Ricky Williams celebrated in the state of Oregon. You might be governor by the time this is over. Um, you're going to be here Thursday and Friday. I'm going to give some of the places you're going to be if people want to check it out. But you can also go to Heisman.com. It's H-I-G-H-S-M-A-N. Heisman spelled Heisman like hi. Uh, Ricky Williams will be at Plain Jane Dispensary in Portland, 1 o'clock on Thursday, Mr. Nice Guy on Holgate at 3 o'clock, Flight Lounge in Oregon City at 5 o'clock. Friday, he's going to be on the Oregon Coast, Cannon Beach, Gerhardt, uh, Astoria. Have you been on the Oregon Coast before? It's my first time, and I'm, I'm stoked. I can't wait. I want to I get your report of what it's like uh, when you get there and, and check it out. But you'll be doing meet and greets, autographs, giving away apparel and merchandise. I think it's cool. Uh, you've transitioned. You've pivoted into an entrepreneur and and business guy. Did you anticipate that when, like, when you were in college? Did you think, hey, I'll play in the NFL for a while, and then I, I got to have a life after the NFL? Did you know what you were going to do? You know, I think my my downfall really was that I didn't. You know, is that you know when I was a kid, I thought you know I, I'll be rich and famous and I'll be a, a great athlete and then I'll retire and I won't do anything. You know, that was, that, was, <laughs> that was the goal. But as I started to move into it, I realized that I'm a, like a passionate person and I, I actually like to, to do stuff. And so it's, I never imagined myself getting, getting into business ever. You know, I thought it would be the last thing I do. But because of my journey to the NFL, I actually have a message. I have something to say. And so I feel compelled to, to use my platform 
to, to do something and, uh, and make a difference in the world. Ricky Williams with us, former Heisman winner, NFL running back. Let's go back to like, you know, you leave high school, you get into the NFL. I remember it was a, a big deal was made about, you know, Ricky Williams, you know, endorsing cannabis, you know, back in the day. Now, attitudes have shifted, changed. We know better than anybody in the state of Oregon. Much more accepted. How does that strike you now in looking back at all the controversy and all the questions you had to answer all those years ago? I mean, it's really related to what I just said. It's It's been a difficult past, but it's given, it's given a, a different dimension of meaning to my life. And, you know, at one point there was a lot of shame around my cannabis use in the NFL because it was against the, because it was against the rules and we didn't have the understanding we have, we have today. But, you know, I, I stayed true to my, to my guns and I followed my heart. And so I feel, I feel a sense of accomplishment, you know, that's something that I truly believed in and, and I, and I stayed true to myself that the world is starting to, to figure it out. And I think it's put me in an advantageous position to be, to be a spokesperson for my brand, for the for this plant, and I think connected to all of this is a spokesperson for mental health, and it's really taking the the difficult experiences I've gone through and overcome and turning them into into something that can be beneficial to other people. It's really interesting to sit here. You talk about mental health, and for people who don't know, you were diagnosed with anxiety disorders, and and you know you struggled with that. How hard was that to? to have that going on while you were out and so public facing as a player? You no, know, at the time I was going through it, I, it didn't dawn on me that it was, that it was a challenging thing in the public. I was just so relieved that my mental health was getting better. So it was, you know, and I, that's what I've learned about myself. And I think a lot of people who, who enjoy cannabis, they, they share the same sentiment that the, that my internal world, my subjective world, is more important than my external world. Like, you know, and I feel like as a football player, I sacrificed my feelings, how I felt about things, for for the paycheck or for the fame. And when I started consuming cannabis, I started paying more attention to my mental health, and it got better. Um, and I'm happier now, and I think that, you know, that's a useful message for the world. Yeah, you, I think people need to hear that, and I think you sound happy. Ricky Williams is with us. 10,000 rushing yards. Do you miss football? You know, it's, it's an interesting question. I usually quickly say say no, but, you know, because of this, funny, because of this brand, and it's it really is around cannabis, but also it's, it brings in the sports lifestyle because that's where a lot of my fans come from. And so I've, I've been doing a lot. Like we had a, we have a Heisman house, a lounge on the Metaverse, you know. And so I had my Oculus on, and I was in the lounge watching Monday Night Football. <laughs> and I was into it, you know. So football is always going to be a always going to be a part of me but i just become so busy i can't follow it the way i want to but this brand is helping me stay connected to sports help us understand what you know we all watch football we watch thursday night football sunday monday night what do we not know that you know because you were in that world for so long well i think the main thing that people don't realize is is the expertise that that they're they're watching on the field you know, I think the assumption is that these guys are natural athletes, you know, and it's true. We, we are natural athletes, but the, the attention to detail, every step we take, every move with our head, the timing on every play, it's, it requires a lot, a lot of training. And so it's a, it's a real job, you know. It's like nine to five, you know, and then you go home, 
and you do it again. So I think just the, the amount of time and effort and energy that goes into the quality of the product that, that the NFL puts on the field. Yeah, can the same be said of cannabis in that industry? I mean, we're talking about now, as it has gone mainstream, the expertise, the science behind it, the people who are, uh, you know, launching new brands and new products. I mean, it, it feels pretty complicated and, and advanced. Yeah, it's it's similar, but it's different because it's so new. You know, it's it's so new, and and so the expertise, and as the taboos are starting to die, you're having you know, scientists come in, you're having people come in and they're asking, they're not asking why, you know, doing experiments to see why is this bad. They're actually asking questions about like, what is this and how can it help people? And so I think you're definitely starting to see more expertise come, but also you see a lot of people that, that is like, we call it the green rush. A lot of people rushing because they see that, because they see the opportunity. And so it's, it's tricky. And that's in the beginning of any industry, it's tricky trying to, you know, to, to weed out the wheat from the chase and, and figure out what, what true quality is. And I think that's another reason I felt compelled to, to enter the industry because, you know, I'm not, I'm not after making a, a dollar. I'm after putting a quality message and quality product into the world. And because of the position and the power I hold in the industry, I can help keep the standards at a certain level. You having fun with this? And, and, and by the way, you, when you walked from football, I think part of that was it, it just wasn't any fun anymore, was it? Right. You know, and, I, you know, I was good at it. And sometimes, you know, we think because we're good at something that we're supposed to keep doing it, even if it's not challenging us or providing joy anymore. And so, you know, I wake up and there's a new, there's a new challenge to face and it keeps me, it's funny. You know, I, I just read an article the other day that was talking about how, you know, entrepreneurs who, who start companies that in midlife are more successful than entrepreneurs that start when they're in their twenties. And the analogy the article made was they made an, analogy to athletes and saying that athletes age out but mm -hmm. in, in the entrepreneurship world you, you know as you get older you have more wisdom you have more contact you have more savvy you're you're more risk averse and so you know i realized that i was aging out of football and i wanted to keep growing and expanding so i had to to develop other interests and other skills that would allow me to keep thriving beyond my football career it's a great point. Like, you know, you're in your prime at what age as a player, but you're not, you know, mentally in your prime probably because you don't know what you don't know when you're in your early 20s and jumping into the league. Yeah. yeah. You know, I had a moment when I retired in 2004. I was, I was traveling through Australia, and I found this beautiful piece of land that I wanted to purchase. But in order to buy the land, I had to become a citizen. So I said, great. And so I started filling out the paperwork, and I got to a section that basically was asking, like, what are you going to do when you come to our country? And so I went down this list, and there was like 150 different occupations, you know, skills. And I, and I got to the bottom of the list, and I realized, I don't have a skill. I, you know, all I know how to do is play football. And so I think it's tough for, for football players, a lot of times in their 30s, sometimes late 30s, leaving football, and then they have to start over. You know, it's rough. Ricky Williams is with us, former NFL running back, 10,000 yards in the NFL rushing Heisman Trophy. He's now an entrepreneur. His brand is Heisman. You can go to Heisman.com, H-I-G-H-S-M-A-N.com. He's in the state of Oregon. He'll be in Portland and Oregon City on Thursday. You can see his itinerary. We'll tweet it out at 750thegame.com and... We will tweet it out on my Twitter feed as well. Ricky, before I cut you loose, man, do you still have dreams about football? Like, you know, I talk to some players and they say, I still dream. I see the hole opening up. I, 
I know where my first step is. Other guys say, nope, the minute they walked away, they stopped thinking about football. Do you have football dreams? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's in me. It's in me. You know, I, sometimes I'm walking through the living room and I do a spin move on the couch and I stiff arm my one-year-old. <laughs> I do it gently, but yeah, it's, it's, still, it's still in me. One thing I wanted to mention about um, Thursday night, uh, yeah. tomorrow night, there's a Dolphins watch party at Flight Lounge. Um, my Dolphins, three and zero. Okay. If you're if you're in the area, come check check out the game with me. Flight Lounge in Oregon City, five o'clock to eight o'clock. Ricky Williams will be there in Oregon City. I'll I'll put out the whole itinerary, Ricky. I know you got to get going. Uh, before I cut you loose, um, you know you. What's next for you? Are you staying with this? Is this what you want to do for the next decade? Is it undecided? Like, you know, give us a give us a you know a path. What's your what's the runway for Ricky Williams now? Yeah, so you know, there's 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 this company Heisman, and but my my baby, my love is a an app that I launched called Lila, and you know, uh, my my passion in life is really astrology. You know, it's really helped me understand myself and help other people understand themselves. So I've created this app called Lila, and and I really see that as, as what I'm doing for the rest of my life. All right. How do, how do I find that app? It's L-I-L-A. Is that right? Yes. You got it. Let's All see right. It. Yep. I'm, looking, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at it now. All right. We'll check it out. Ricky, hey, I wish you the best. Uh, welcome to Oregon. When you run for governor, let us know. We'll get you on the show, help you get some votes. <laughs> We're friends now. I'll be back. All right, Ricky. <laughs> Ricky Williams, appreciate you, man. There he goes, off into the uh, into the unknown. Ricky Williams walked away from football, and sounds like he's pretty happy about it. Stephen, what did you take away from that interview with Ricky Williams? Yeah, I mean, for uh, you know all the reports that it was just because I remember back then, like back in two thousand four when he retired, and you know he went on his little journey to figure out who he is. It was so scrutinized, right? And it seemed like he just didn't like football, but he still, like he said, he still has it in him, right? Like he still thinks about it all the time. So I really thought that was so interesting. Like he really seems at peace with himself and understands who he truly is, which is awesome. There are only 30 running backs in NFL history who have rushed for 10,000 yards. He's one of them. But I remember in 2004, it was shocking when he retired. And part of it was, you know, everyone was like, oh, you, you could be the you could be the Dolphins' all-time rushing leader, 300 yards away from Larry Zonka. Like he didn't care about that. He could have come back and he could have got that in three games. Like he didn't care about that. He had a Heisman Trophy. He broke Tony Dorsett's record as college football's career rushing leader. And then he went to the NFL and he had five or six years where he had thousand plus yards. He had one year where he had 1,800 rushing yards. Um, and then. I think part of it is with these athletes, and not just Ricky Williams, a guy like Barry Sanders comes to mind as well, guys who retire early, Gail Sayers, Barry Sanders, Ricky Williams, they retire with something left in the tank. We all, we all criticize it and we don't understand it because we all probably come at it from a position of if we were in their position, like we would be grateful to have the paycheck and be on the stage and whatnot. But I think very few of us know what it is actually like to be on that stage, to go through the, you know, the sort of the physical and mental grind that it becomes. And let's be real, Ricky had enough money after playing 11 years in the NFL that he, he didn't have to work. So I remember I ran into Barry Sanders in a, in a hotel casino after he retired. And 
I had the same kind of feeling. Like everybody was going, why would he retire? Why would he hang it up? He could all he has to do is play three more years. He could he could set this record. He could set that record. But the truth was, and I now look back and I remember seeing Barry Sanders. He looked happy. He looked like you know he was carefree. He was happy. He was on to like I think a lot of times if athletes don't have anything else they feel like they have to offer the world then maybe they hang on too long and we see it a lot in sports and boxing and baseball see guys that hang on tom brady's hanging on because they don't know what else to do and i feel like ricky williams in this case at least he knows who he is now and he knows what he wants to do yeah and he talked about it how you know when he was younger he thought he was just going to play football be famous make a lot of money but he realized that's not who he is Right, like yeah. he has a whole different meaning of of life and who he is. So, uh, you know, it's awesome to just see anybody really have that realization about themselves. I really, uh, I thought about Alex Molden, the former NFL defensive back, friend of mine, friend of the show, and he's been on multiple times. And he's, we have a similar conversation that we've done that we've had on the show where he talked about getting out of football, and then you know, you know, he was an NFL player. Like he's, you know, a lot of times when NFL players show up to events. NBA players, famous athletes, rock stars, they show up to events and every door opens for them. Everyone's happy to see them. Everybody's, you know, inviting them and welcoming. You know, they probably don't, they're not used to getting a bill when they go into a restaurant, right? Well, you know, he finishes his career and he applies for a job. And, you know, during the job interview, it becomes evident to the woman who's interviewing him that, you know, and he's shared this story multiple times on air. I don't think he would be upset at me for that. But, it, it, you know, she says to him, you don't know who you are. The person doing the interview, you don't know who you are. And the truth was, he didn't. And it sounds to me like Ricky Williams didn't know who he was either when he walked away from football and went on that sabbatical where he, you know, was soul-searching and listening to Bob Marley and probably using cannabis. Like, I, I don't know what Ricky was doing, but Ricky came through the haze, didn't he? He's going to be in the state of Oregon in the next couple of days. Uh, his website is, again, Heisman.com, H-I-G-H. S-M-A-N, like Heisman.com. Ricky Williams, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, later in the program, Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune, Jonathan Smith, Oregon State football coach. We got a lot to talk about today. Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. I don't know about you, but I'm mesmerized by this uh, robot that the engineering kids at Oregon State have have uh, invented. We talked about it yesterday on the show. Um, it was, uh, you know, part of their design to make a robot that would break the Guinness World Record in the 100 meters. And uh, this thing looks like an ostrich. I tweeted out a video of it running on the track at Oregon State. But good on the kids at Oregon State. Like, you know, they're trying to do something, trying to change the world. I like that. I also am a little bit terrified about where it's all going. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit concerned about um, robots running in the Olympics. I'm not saying that, that that would ever happen, but when you see this video, your mind starts to wonder, like, okay, what are they trying to do here? Um, but uh, there it is. It's pretty cool. I tweeted it out. I don't know if you guys have seen this thing. Have you actually seen this thing run yet, or did you just hear about it? Uh, I saw the video of it. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a little 
a little terrifying because I, you know, it makes me think like if these robots are chasing me for some reason, like I have to stay in somewhat shape, right? Like they're right. making robots that are gonna attack me and get me. So, yeah, for that reason, I'm a little terrified. You need to start running. We all need to start running. <laughs> yeah, I got to start running just so I run away from the robots. Do you think you could break a Guinness World Record? Do you think we could find a world record that you could break? Because I I kept thinking about this. First of all, I didn't know there was a world record for a robot running 100 meters. But uh, I went on the Guinness World Records website, and you can apply to be a record holder. So there's a whole application process. There's a, there's a, a way to, uh, you know, you read through all the information. You uh, try to find something that nobody else has done or maybe something someone else has done, but you think you could do it better. And then you apply to break a world record. Uh, to, you know, can, and they have categories like food and drink and gaming and the human body and marathons and mass participation and money and sports and strength. Like if, when you go into sports and strength, it's stuff like, you know, We've seen this before, like how many burpees can you do in uh, in a 24-hour period? Or, you know, what is the world record for a marathon? What is, you know, those kinds of things. But I had a neighbor, Anne-Marie, who was in her 90s a few years ago. And longtime listeners of the show may remember Anne-Marie coming on this program because uh, it was around about the time I had one of my knee surgeries. And I know this because I was doing the show from home and I was laid up in the studio. So I had my leg up, I had like this ice machine on it, and I was probably hopped up on painkillers doing this radio show, and what I started doing, I thought it was a good idea at the time, is I started, ha I had my regular guests on, but what I started doing is I said, heck, I'm at home doing the radio show, might as well have a neighbor on. Like, they're right here, what are they doing? So I started asking my neighbors, you want to come on the show? And uh, I had on, uh, you know, a neurosurgeon who uh, was an interesting interview. Then I had, I had another guy who's just, he was a retired sales guy, brought him on to talk about what retirement was like. I got around to 90-something-year-old Anne Marie who told me that she was a Guinness World Record holder. And now, I was very interested in this conversation, interviewing her, a world record holder. Well, she showed up for the interview, and I told people, as they, I said, the front door will be unlocked. I'm not coming downstairs from the studio to, to get you because I have uh, had a knee surgery. So just come on in. Gave them a time. Sure enough, Anne-Marie came tiptoeing up the stairs and came into the studio, and she was dressed to the nines. Now, I mean this with all due respect, but there's something about people who are in their 70s and 80s and 90s. When they dress up, they know how to dress up. They came from an era where people dressed up to go to sporting events. You look at all the video clips of the 1950s, even the 1960s, 1940s, certainly of baseball games, and what do you see? You watch the Ken Burns series, you see people in suits and ties and hats, dresses, going to the ballpark, dressed up like it was, like it was a cathedral they were going to. Well, Anne-Marie came in, she was dressed to the nines. All made up, her hair done. I'm, I have no doubt she went to the beauty salon that morning and got her hair done. She also brought a framed uh, 11 by 16 Guinness World Record certificate. Very official looking, uh, really cool looking. And she spent the better part of 10 or 15 minutes explaining to the audience 
what world record she set. And by the way, she set the world record at like age 88. Now, you would think it was oldest woman to run 100 meters, uh, oldest woman to mow her own lawn uh, in, in record time. I don't know. It wasn't any of those things. What Anne-Marie had figured out at the Guinness World Record website was she figured out which world records were vulnerable. She found one she thought she could break, and she went for it, and she, and she did it. She holds the world record, the Guinness World Record, for the most number of stickers applied to a car. That's the world record. She's proud of that thing, but she said, I'm not leaving planet Earth without being a world record holder. So she went out and bought a jalopy. She went out and ordered a whole bunch of, like, thousands and thousands of stickers, and she spent the better part of a month applying stickers to this car, took pictures of it, took video of it, and sent it into Guinness, and they said, you're the world record holder. Now, I don't know how many stickers she put on that car, but Anne-Marie was awful proud of being that record holder. So, Stephen and Sean, I want you guys to think about a Guinness world record that you could break. We'll talk about it after the break. Plus, our big splash coming up. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, sorry Truth to interrupt Water. the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.